Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 612, we want to send you to a show at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater. God of Carnage opens this weekend at the Rep. God of Carnage is a play that is set in Brooklyn with two sets of parents that are that are meeting to discuss an injury that's happened to one of their children, and it's caused by the other uh, the other couple's child. Now, uh-oh. <laughs> if you ever had that happen in your house, either it's an argument between the kids or something happens, and then you're like, wow, do we call those other parents? And then... What happens then? And you don't want to be like that parent, but also like you want to find out what went down. Yada, yada, yada. Hilarity ensues. No way. Not that's, funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never mind. Too stressful, but too real. So that's the premise behind God of Carnage. And so these parents, I guess they have it out. And that was director awesome. Ryan Quinn. He says things uh, don't really go well. It, I think it's so funny when we watch people um, who are these like civilized adults start to act like children, right? That big question of um, who are we going to be when we grow up and we end up being actually the, the three and four and five-year-old selves at the, at the very end of it. And I think it's just so funny to, to watch that happen. Yeah, man, there's something about being a parent that causes you to lose your mind once in a while. Oh, my gosh. So Sounds like that's what's playing out on stage here. Perfect, perfect. God of Carnage is the show. It opens this weekend at Milwaukee Repertory Theater. We've got two tickets for caller number five. Some seating and show restrictions do apply. Two tickets for God of Carnage, caller number five on the WTMJ Talk and Text line. It's 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. You get the pair, God of Carnage, at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After scoring no runs over the first 15 innings to start this series in Arizona, the Brewers, well, they got their bats woken up in a big way in the seventh inning, all thanks to Willie Adamas. The 0-1 hit high and deep to center, back Thomas, all the way back, track, turning around, wall, see you later, Willie Adamas, deep to the deepest part of this ballpark. The first hit of the night is a massive home run. Brewers have a one nothing seventh inning lead. Josh Maurer on the call right here on WTMJ as Adamas Blast there would break open a scoreless and hitless game for the Brewers and behind a strong start from Corbin Burns, the Brewers bounce back in Arizona for the 7-1 win on Tuesday night. For their eighth victory of the season, the Brewers used a five-run seventh inning to give all the run support Corbin Burns would need as he went eight strong innings while not giving up any runs on only 89 pitches on his way for his first win of the season. And he looked to be back to his normal self once again. One-two pitch. Third strike. He got him with a two-seam fastball right down the middle. Burns with his eighth strikeout, and he is absolutely rolling as we head to the seventh here at Chase Field. Jeff Levering on the call on WTMJ. If you watched the game and you thought, wow, that was some incredible pitching by the former Cy Young who dealt eight scoreless innings, well, you wouldn't be the only one. First of all, you, you pitch eight innings. That, that sets your bullpen up. This is what great players do. They give your team a boost. That's why you can't wait for Corbin's start every time around, no matter what's going on. And you know, you don't you don't say you expect it, but it was fun to watch him tonight. It was fun. It was really fun to watch. It was like I said after the first inning, you just kind of had this feeling that uh, he's locked in and it's going to be a good one. It was a good one indeed. Manager Craig Council there, who with managing the game last night set the franchise record for most games managed 
in Brewers history at 1,181. So congrats to the Brewers skipper. Milwaukee will now go on for the series win with Jason Junk getting the start in place of the injured Brandon Woodruff, who was placed on the 15-day IL with right shoulder inflammation. First pitch for that game is set for this afternoon at 2.40. Over to the NBA, where the one-seeded Milwaukee Bucks are still awaiting who their first-round opponent will be. The play-in tournament did get underway on Tuesday, as the Atlanta Hawks easily defeat Miami 116-105, to and the Lakers go to overtime for a wild finish to take down the Minnesota Timberwolves by a final of 108-102. to Two more games are on the schedule tonight. While Atlanta was locking up the seventh seed after their win over Miami, the Bucks will either play one of Toronto, Miami, or Chicago in the opening round Sunday afternoon with an official tip time of 4.30 at Pfizer Forum. 6.19 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Coming up, we've got new information on the classified document leak. Documents leaked on the Internet. Where that investigation stands this morning, that's coming up next. Six twenty-three here on Wisconsin's Morning News. We had classified documents leaked on the internet. They talk about how the U.S. is behaving in the global community, who we're spying on, what we're finding out, what military tactics may be used in the war in Ukraine. A lot of very sensitive material is just out there, and a lot of questions about how in the world did this and happen? How did this happen? Who did this? The state will self-destruct in five seconds. I'll keep you my okay, so. It's been less than a week since news of this highly classified military document. We're talking about like hundreds of pages, by the way. It's not like three pages. It's a lot. They surfaced. They've been online for a bit. Now the Pentagon in full speed damage control for a couple of different reasons. First off, the information has publicized potential vulnerabilities in Ukraine's air defense capabilities. Now, I do wonder, Russia may have already known some of this stuff. But anyway, it does it does show some vulnerabilities. Also, the Washington Post says one leaked document indicates that Egypt, which, by the way, receives a billion dollars of U.S. aid each year, was secretly planning to furnish Russia with weapons. Oh, very nice. So at least we got that going on. So let's get to this. How in the world did this happen? Well, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is vowing to turn over every rock to find out who leaked this. Secretary Austin acknowledged the leaked documents were exposed on the web potentially for weeks. Where exactly and who had access uh, at that point, uh, we, we don't know. We simply don't know at this point. The probe, being led by FBI investigators, is making progress. Austin drilled down on key dates. So the dates, it's like February into March. That's where these documents kind of came from. They were dated and they were online for a while. But here's what's interesting. This wasn't a cyber leak. Physical theft. Somebody stole This paper. was physical theft of highly classified records. The leaked records were apparently printed before being photographed and uploaded to Discord, a gaming platform. There are potential clues buried in the background, like a hunting magazine ad or sports equipment. That could bring investigators even closer. <laughs> yes. Discord? Yeah, my kid's on that. He talks yes. about... Oh, yeah, this was posted on Discord for, you know, how to beat Mario something. Right? Great. So it's interesting you say that about uh, how to beat Mario because that's, why is that among the documents? That's part of the interesting thing. <laughs> at the end of there, that CBS is um, that, that CBS is Catherine Herridge, by the way. She said at the end there that like there's some clues in the background. So the documents appear to be hastily folded and smoothed out sheets of paper that were sloppily photographed 
They weren't scanned. They were photographed. Online sleuths have apparently pieced together some of the items they spotted in the background. Because that's what online sleuths do. They always figure out yeah. and, and solve the puzzle. American hunting magazines were okay. seen in the background. A bottle of Gorilla Glue. Does the guy, does the label on the magazine, like with the address, yeah. is it still, John Shinlinden, 638 Pleasant View? Right. A nail clipper. Right. I'm trying to think of what would be the most embarrassing thing in my house that would be caught in the back of my picture taking if I was taking a picture of sensitive documents. Yeah, like a dirty kitchen or something, like yeah. there's dishes in the kitchen or. Look, the guy didn't do any of the dishes. Look at that pot. Still got macaroni so crust. Smart on. enough to pull this off, but dumb enough to post it with clues on the internet. Like yeah. who are we dealing with here? Yeah, but that and that's the thing, is that we're not talking about a huge amount of people. Because this was so highly securityized, if yeah. you will, there's only so many people that can see these papers, which actually brings the pool much smaller. So it's possible that we'll be able to figure it out or the Pentagon will be able to figure it out fairly easily. It's espionage or something else. Yeah, well, aren't we still looking for the Supreme Court docs leaker? <laughs> no, they kind of... And they kind of... Well, couldn't find them. Don't know who did it. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. One-seeded Milwaukee Bucks are resting up this week while they still await who their first-round opponent will be. The NBA play-in tournament did get underway on Tuesday night, though, as Atlanta easily defeated Miami 116-105, to and the Lakers take to overtime to beat Minnesota 108-102. to Two more games are on the schedule tonight. With Atlanta locking up the seventh seed after their win, the Bucs will either play one of Toronto, Miami, or Chicago in the opening round Sunday afternoon with an official tip time of 4.30 at Pfizer Forum. The Milwaukee Brewers used a five-run seventh inning to break open the scoreboard Tuesday night and cruise to a 7-1 win over Arizona. Corbin Burns got the start and his first win of the season, going eight innings strong, striking out eight while giving up no runs. Milwaukee will now go for the series win with Jason Junk getting the start in place of the injured Brandon Woodruff, who was placed on the 15-day IL. First pitch is set for 240. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. Believe it or not, Brewers fans, we are living in the golden age of baseball. It sounds crazy, I suppose, without a World Series title, but over the course of the franchise's 55 seasons, the Brewers have only made the playoffs a total of eight times, with four of those coming in the past five seasons. A big reason why, maybe the biggest reason of them all, manager Craig Council with a franchise record of 623 wins and counting on Tuesday evening in Arizona. He broke another record, officially becoming the Brewers manager with the most games managed in franchise history at 1,181. There is no secret in today's game. The big dogs, they rule the sport, unfortunately. The major markets with the billionaire pockets are usually the ones fighting for an October to remember. But as of late, the small market brewers have pushed those buttons themselves. And yeah, I know, I get it. Winning a World Series is the ultimate goal for any team. But some breaking news here. Winning is hard. The brewers have consistently been winners in a league 
that does absolutely zero favors to small market teams year in and year out. How have they done it? Not sure about you, but it's a rather simple answer for me. Like I said before, that reason is Craig Council, a guy who was raised in Milwaukee, who won a couple of World Series rings and knows what winning baseball means for the city and the fan base. The pressure, though, it seemingly has never gotten to him or how he manages. The players love him, they respect his leadership, and he just finds ways to win, regardless of the market size, regardless of the budget, regardless of what rule changes the league makes. You don't fall into over 600 wins in Milwaukee overnight. It just doesn't happen, and it's only happened in only eight full seasons. He's still got a whole year to go here. In my opinion, with Craig Council at the helm, he has been the one constant denominator in keeping baseball relevant in Milwaukee. and He is responsible for helping shape the expectations in a city that had once lost hope for their favorite team. Mentioned earlier in the show tonight what promises to be an emotional and striking gathering. Candlelight vigil for the two Northwest Wisconsin police officers who were killed in the line of duty over the weekend. We also have funeral arrangements now. We know officers uh, uh, Emily Breidenbach and Cameron uh, Officer Hunter Shield. Breidenbach is from Chatech. Uh, Cameron Shield, the uh, sorry, Hunter Shield, the officer from Cameron. There will be memorial services for them on Saturday. Our teammate from 1017 The Truth, Dr. Ken Harris, is also former Milwaukee police lieutenant. Interesting to me, Dr. Ken, we really don't have a lot more information about how this, what has been reported as a shootout, played out. Mm-hmm. I did see the words, and I cringe every time I see them when you have a situation like this, routine traffic stop. Right. And if you know right. any cops in your life, they will tell you, ain't no such thing. Well, Traffic stops, domestic violence, serving warrants are the three places where an officer is at risk. Because you don't immediately control the situation. Correct. You're walking up to a car. You don't know who's in it. You know, grandma has been known to shoot people as well. Uh, Kids, teenagers, adults. And so it's some of the most dangerous work you can do. Have you been able, I don't know if you have any additional information, but what... What are we waiting on? Is there potentially sensitive information that has yet to come out, or is this just a matter of they're still putting things together? Like, why don't we know a little bit more about the the, the shootout at this point? Well, we want to make sure that when we release information, the information is released so that it's not a detriment to the family. There could be some things that the officers did, and, and let, me, let me back up a bit. Everything that an officer does is court defensible. Everything an officer does has been, has been taught through training. So you have to recognize the fact that when something goes wrong, that's how we learn how to do what we do. Okay. So the reason why we serve search warrants the way we do, the reason why we do traffic stops the way we do is because in the past, people have done traffic stops and they've done things that have caused them to get injured or killed. So what we have to do is look at what happened here and then present it to the public in a way that doesn't diminish the officer's reputation because there may have been something that was done wrong. Uh, There's an old saying that a lot of people don't like to hear, but usually when things go bad, it's usually something that someone did. And we have to really look at that. I often wonder, too, how different a traffic stop can be for an officer or a sheriff's deputy in a rural area compared to in a congested area where there's a suburb and where there's a city involved. And what I mean by that is that generally in some of these areas, you know everybody. 
Right. You already know the car. I mean, and obviously in this case, I think they were actually looking for this guy. And so, so, yeah, multiple warrants out. Right. So it's it. If they knew him, if that changes behavior, is it all too? No. No, because that's why training is there. You do training the same way every time. Yeah. And 99.9% of the time, it doesn't fail you. I think what may have happened is there were some interceding things that they don't know about. They've got to check body cams, video. There's a lot to do this. We can't just have it tomorrow. It's not like a, an officer with a body cam and you release it the next day and edit it. That, that should never happen. Because you don't know what you're going to see. And the you FPC don't know. is considering things like that right well, here Well, that's in stupidity. The FPC is stupid in Milwaukee if they decide to do that. And so they, they want to be so woke and so with the community that they're going to end up releasing information that's then detrimental to the person who's supposed to be the victim. And now we now they'll want to retract. So it, it, it doesn't make I sense. I should point out they're not pushing for it to be released the next day. I was exactly. Well, but they're if, looking for a quick release. You can't have a quick release when you don't have an investigation. Why don't why don't why doesn't somebody from the Fire and Police Commission step in and come into the investigation and swear them in so that it'll be confidential, right? And then let them see what it is so they can understand this is what it actually takes. No, Till then, it won't matter. And what stands out to me here is while we are rightly interested and concerned, and the, whatever information happens out of this investigation is is our information, public information. That said, this is days removed from when these officers were killed. Right. And maybe let's memorialize them first and the, all Correct. the rest of us can be a little bit patient here. It will come out in due time. Correct. It is 658. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate at 1017 The Truth. You can listen to him on the afternoon show. Thank you, sir. Thank you.